Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. baby's first cry for us as parents it's all about what does it mean is my baby hungry tired sad it's the beginning of communication welcome to are we there yet i'm katie gossett and this is a parenting podcast that gives you some contemporary advice about challenging children but also calls on a bit of help from the past Having got our children conceived, born and fitted into the household, let's find out how we learn to communicate with each other. How does this miraculous thing happen? Yeah, but what happens when communication ceases to be miraculous and turns into something else, something a bit more difficult? So today we're talking to a group of parents who have kids ranging from a few months old to teenagers and some in their 20s. And we're getting their take on how they communicate with their children. Oh, they answer back. You really just have to draw a line in the sand and let them know that it's not acceptable, especially if they're shouting or, you know, using foul language. I would say that it's very, very common. I mean, right from the toddler when they're just going, no, and they won't do something because they want to have some control over their lives. We all want that. So it's a common thing. Most of us are dealing with this notion of attitude, chewed, back chat, whatever you want to call it, or as clinical psychologist Catherine Gallagher puts it... Oppositional behaviour. And oppositional behaviour is what, exactly, in lay terms? Oppositional behaviour is doing the opposite of what someone has (laughs) said that you should do. So, um, you know, things like talking back, um, digging your toes in and, and not doing the jobs, or going on the go slow, or arguing back. All of the above. And this is where we as parents can sometimes lose it. Parenting is personal, you know. These little creatures, we love them to bits. And so when they look at us with like we're a piece of poo on their shoe and how dare you even say that and I don't love you and, you know, all of those things that kids can provocatively say because they know it's going to hit a mark can be incredibly challenging. You naughty bad child. How many times have I told you not to do that? She's dramatising something that's happened in her own life. This is one way that small children are able to take the sting out of their pent-up feelings of anger or shame. So how does back chat or oppositional behaviour kick off? I've asked our group of parents. You know, it'll be normally around something that she'll want to have happen right now or um, not wanting to clean up. One of the things I won't tolerate is having my child say they hate me because they're words that you can't take back. Um, as a, a parent when smacking was allowed, it's probably one of the times that my one of my daughters did get smacked when, you know, she was really angry, really upset. She said, I hate you. I actually did smack her across the face. We were in the middle of a really big argument. And I said, no. Nah. How did she respond at that moment? I think... We were both totally shocked, actually. 
and she just like looked at me and then went, oh, you're right. And we both parted. But it, it is something I, I feel very strongly about. If a child knows they can use that particular phrase and know that it will do damage to the parent, you know, it's something that they can, they can learn and, and use. There's the slamming doors and things like that, and they'll just go off to the room where, and then we'll say, well, you do that one more time and I'll take your door off your hinge. And then there's more aggro. So what are you going to do when this stuff happens? Well, it may or may not work for you, but here's what some other parents have tried. You can't say go to your room anymore. It's just say, well, look, that's not right. Listen to me. Try and explain. But that's hard too because sometimes they just walk out the door and go up to their room. So what do you do when that happens? Get back here. <laughs> that doesn't work. You follow them up the hallway to their room. Then they say, I've had a couple of them. Get out of my room. I don't want you in here. I want to be by myself. And I go, I say, I'm not going out until this is sorted because I don't like leaving an argument. So you've got to push and push and push. Otherwise that just builds up and they get more grumpier and grumpier and grumpier. So, yeah, I like an end result. And then I want to hug. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> it is really important not to take it as that they're challenging you. They're trying to find their own sense of control and independence and things. So I think that's important because otherwise it's very easy to take it kind of like I'm being challenged in my authority and you will do as I say. And, you know, they're not little robots. And some parents find it easier, if at all possible, to just ignore bad behaviour actually just say I have heard you I will give you an answer later. A simple thing can be just you know like go to your room until you can talk to me pleasantly. Unfortunately then I need to actually be trying to follow that one too. (laughs) Well you know mum you know you're not talking pleasantly. (laughs) Okay I need to go calm down. (laughs) You know I can't expect to be asking something that I'm not trying to do myself as well. Because sometimes, perish the thought, we might actually be at fault and have to apologise. There have been many times where I've overstepped the mark as a parent and it's not always right. Sometimes you don't always have the correct information. So it's learning to feel comfortable to go, I'm really sorry, I actually stuffed up. So it's usually a good idea to take a step back and look at the bigger picture of why a conflict might be happening. What else is going on in this wee person's world? Catherine Gallagher, a clinical psychologist who specialises in child and family work. Because it's not just because they're trying to be a pain in the bum, sometimes there can be other things that are behind oppositional behaviour. Sometimes the reason a child resists you is not what you'd think. Sometimes oppositional behaviour can come from, I just don't know what to do. Our assumption can be, well, you're just not doing it because you don't want to. In actual fact, it might be, I'm not ringing up that friend on the phone because in actual fact I'm anxious, or I don't actually know how to do that. I've never practised ringing someone on the phone. What do you say? What might they say? So oppositional behaviour can come from a lack of skill. It's also worth looking at whether you've got clear boundaries so children know where they stand, and also whether the boundaries and expectations are realistic. Sometimes oppositional behaviour can come when we expect too much of kids. Or we're thinking, well, at the age of six, they should be able to do this, this, this and this, and they're not. So clearly that's them being oppositional. Whereas in actual fact, from a developmental point of view, that was never going to be a winner, because that's actually too much to ask of them. And while you're at it, don't beat yourself up either. 
our kids say stuff that's incredibly provocative (laughs) because that's their job um you know they're trying stuff out for size and so if we're not in good shape we're far more likely to be reactive children aren't born fully formed they're very much shaped by the environment that they grow up in and so they learn to be very adaptive and that's great they learn language they learn lots of other things through our modeling through observing but they also learn what works for them in terms of getting their needs met so they learn what your hotspots are and they'll use them mercilessly and that's not because they're evil they're doing it because it works so if this certain behavior gets a reaction from mum or dad why would I suddenly stop using it mum and dad might want me to so the motivation is actually theirs not mine so I might react to something or talk back because it gets me attention it might put mum and dad off the job they've just given me I might be having a feeling that's uncomfortable, so if I can have a good go at mum and dad, then actually I'm not having my feeling anymore, I've shared it, you know, and we're all having a go. It might also mean if we're in a busy family environment, then my siblings no longer exist because I'm locked into this, you know, intense interaction with mum or dad. And again, if if behaviours prove powerful, like if I say, I don't love you, or I'm no good at anything, and mum immediately sits down on my bed and gives me a cuddle, even if she was in the middle of telling me off about something, I'm not going to forget that behavior as a powerful one am I I'm going to tuck that away now again even in saying this I'm not implying that children do this at a conscious you know manipulative and I'm doing that inverted commas way but we do what works see how well the children are playing together they're finding out for themselves from their own needs and experience that they can get more out of playing together than playing separately they're beginning to emerge as social beings Often when we're busy, we react to bad stuff and we kind of take good stuff for granted. And so we might kind of, if the kids are playing nicely, we might well walk past that and go, sweet, I'm not going to poke the bear, I'll just get on with what I need to do. As soon as one sibling punches the other one, we're in there. So it may well be that afterwards you go, hey, I got so much work done because you guys were paying beautifully. So our challenge is to, in whatever way works, attend to the stuff we want to see more of. The other side of that is when they're doing stuff you don't want them to do is react in a way that absolutely is firm and fair and clear but is not paying them a lot of attention. So we ultimately want to choose where we put our attention knowing that our attention is a really powerful motivator and I think some parents forget that. Especially with strong-willed kids, they will say stuff that's provocative and if we're reacting to it then pretty much what we're saying is putting the cherry on the top and saying keep doing that. They're never going to stop provoking unless we stop reacting. We actually have to start the change with the parents and find some things to like about this child, find some ways to start attending to things that we want to see more of and be incredibly firm with the oppositional behaviour and then things can start to kick off and go a bit differently. That's us for today. Are We There Yet is produced and presented by me, Katie Gossett, and Adam McCauley assists with musical mixing. Our executive producer is Tim Watkin, and archival audio comes courtesy of Nga Taonga Sound and Vision and Archives New Zealand. If you have an issue you'd like covered, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at arewetheryet at radionz.co.nz. And make sure you catch our next episode when we tackle that great dinner table drama, Fussy Eating. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 